0: and all you New Yorkers. You can't taxi. I'm okay, then we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC Minicast.
1: This is... The other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I have to tell you a story, and unlike so much of what I say on the radio, this story happens to be true. A few years ago, I started hearing about this comic that was appearing on the Fox News channel, and once in a while, I'd see him on there with a flamboyant sports jacket on, and always with the sound off because you're at a radio station, they have these news channels on, and I'm looking at this guy, he's smirking, and I'm thinking to myself, never having heard heard a syllable that he said, I'm thinking to myself, how funny could this guy really be? Everyone knows that they don't put the really funny people on cable news. They give them sitcoms. They give them late night talk shows. They're performing in packed arenas. They don't put them on uh, the O'Reilly Factor. So lo-, lo and behold, I totally judge this guy, never having heard a syllable that he's uttered ever before. And then a few months go by and I hear this guy's on radio. And you know how radio people are, very dismissive of everybody that's not them. And in general, my attitude expressed totally silently was, huh, what makes this guy think that he can do radio? What does he know about radio? He's a hes a stand-up comic that occasionally goes on TV. That doesn't qualify you to be a radio person. So then lo and behold, I happen to be out on Long Island visiting my wife's friend's child's soccer game, and it just so happens, this childhood friend of my wife, her husband's brother said, you know, I happen to be listening to this guy on the radio, and not only is he great, but he seems like a very smart guy and a very funny guy. So I can't tell you the name of my wife's childhood friend's husband's brother, I think that might have been probably the only time I ever met him. But with an endorsement from someone as close to me as that, I said, you know what? Maybe I've judged this guy too harshly. Let me go ahead and give him a listen. And I have to say, I'd love to say it was all hype. He truly is incredibly funny. Uh, I've had the opportunity to see him perform a few times now, seen him on television several times. He's terrific. He uh, knows what's going on in the news, but unlike so many, doesn't seem to take it too seriously. I'm very, very pleased to welcome, for the first time to this show, uh, Jimmy Falla, the host of Fox Across America with Jimmy Falla and uh, very honored to be on the same station with him in the Catskills, WVOS and a guy who is just a terrific stand-up comic an author and a regular on Fox News Jimmy, it's great to talk to you
0: yeah, I just love so much during that whole story that you were looking at my jackets because here's the thing <laughs> I do, just between you and me because I'd admit this to you because you know how much I love you um, I dress like a figure skater who let himself go. And it's like, if you don't know me and how harmless I am, it looks like I'm flashy and arrogant. But what I'm actually trying to do is distract from my glaring lack of intellect, you know? Because if you see me on Fox, like these people have high-end educations, They worked in the State Department. Like I went to Nassau Community College. I had to give a guy named Spider a bag of weed to get in. And that's like a a true story. So you understand, when I find myself on TV with someone who worked in the White House, I'm like, dude, I worked in the back of a white castle. You know what I'm saying? So I got to make moves. In Major League, there's that old pitcher that he's like, they're like, you put snot on the ball. I don't put snot on the ball, but I put rhinestones on my sport coats. You dig?
1: (laughs) I love it. Now, Jimmy, I think a lot of people know if they listen to you on the radio or they've seen you on television and maybe maybe some people that have not done either don't know this. But you actually got started as a cabbie. You drove a cabbie. Now, I'm assuming because you speak English pretty well that uh, as part of the uh, as part of the exchange program to make sure nobody knows what their driver is saying, you were driving a cab in either India or Nigeria. Is that accurate?
0: <laughs> no, it was here in New York. But you know what you'd love about that? I had three guys in my in my garage whose actual names were Osama bin Laden. Oh, my goodness. Now, imagine when we finally got him. It was a Sunday night Obama announced it. I get a phone call on my cell phone. They're like, they got bin Laden. I was like, for what, speeding? Like, I, you know, I told them to <laughs> slow down around Grand Central. Can't be doing that. And they're like, no, no, like bin Laden. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. But, yeah, that's uh, that's how this began. Uh, I know nobody likes a show off, but um, – I was banging out 5 to 5, so 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. My garage was in service, down on 21st and 7th. And, uh, you know, we always have these arguments in cable news now about whether or not UFOs are real. I don't know that they are, but I've definitely, in a yellow cab, picked up people from other planets. Like 100%. <laughs> hey, um, the, the,
1: um, the extent of my knowledge of being a New York City taxi cab driver is really being a passenger and watching the TV show Taxi, which I just love. Did you find, as a student of comedy and as somebody that lived the life of a taxi driver, that there were elements of realism to that show?
0: Oh, yeah. Because you know what? Every garage. My, like, my brothers are cops, just to give you some parallel there. And uh, I would have been a cop if it weren't for this thing called the background check. But um, my brother's a cop. And every police precinct has its own community where everybody knows each other. The guys at one shift interact with the guys at another. And that's what a taxi garage is, because there's this thing called a shift change at 5 p.m. where the day guys got to hand the cabs off to the night guys. So there's that same type of camaraderie and vibe. There's the cranky dispatchers. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, there is a uh, very much a sense of community. And uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, that's the one thing I would tell you. But what would surprise people, and you might appreciate this, is when you put people in a room from a thousand different countries. I mean, literally, countries you've never heard of. Um, like, half of them, I thought I was, like, being punked. I'd have to Google them. You know, I was like, oh, Jakarta. You know, that's a thing. I thought it was a cologne. Grew up in the 80s. We had Jakar, but yeah, Jakarta. <laughs> and um, what they all do is they bond over ethnic jokes about each other's origins. Like once they found out I was Polish, that's all they did was tell me Polish jokes uh, because that's what they bond over is like stereotypes because they know the stereotypes about each other's origin countries. So they just run them into the ground. So like eventually like that's how I won over most of the people who barely spoke English is like I was in on it. I would like make, you know, cause I'm half, this is my deal. I'm half Polish and I'm half Sicilian. So I actually had an uncle who put a hit out on himself. <laughs> And, um, you know, they appreciated candor like that. And you could make friends in the garage.
1: You mentioned the stereotypes that are so prevalent in the taxi community. We've mm-hmm. heard a lot about certain passengers not being able to be picked up by New York City cabbies in the pre Uber era. Which uh, ethnic groups did you discriminate against?
0: Oh, you you name it. But can I tell you something? Because this is important and I love the question. I want to clear something up. Okay. Because when people say, like, when you drive a taxi, do you, like, not pick up certain people? i mean, Because, like, you know, they look dangerous. And the God's honest truth is no. Because when you spend 12 hours a day in New York City traffic, you want to die. Okay? So if I didn't pick you up in my taxi, it's because you didn't look dangerous enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pal. I, You know what? No. The, the guy over there with the severed head in the bowling ball bag, he needs to get to LaGuardia.